Matthew chapter number 1, uh, verse 18. If you have found your place and you are able and willing, I will invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. May Paul say, this is the only baby that's ever been conceived of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angels of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, so much, Lord, for the reading of your word. Thank you for the time of fellowship with God's people. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for the notes on the instruments. Lord, thank you for the season. God given us a reason to celebrate. Lord, thank you for coming, uh, not just to be our friend, but to be our Lord and be our Savior and die in the place of sinful man. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness. I pray you give everyone a blessed day, a blessed couple of days. And Lord, I pray you bless them for being here. And Lord, I know we probably all got things coming up in the next two days, but God, I pray for a little while we'd gather around your word and hear about you for a little while. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Uh, thank you for standing to reverence the word of the Lord. Uh, this I already said this probably wouldn't be like my, one of my normal messages, and I, I, I'm going to be honest, I try to be super transparent, and what I'm about to say you may not agree with. You may be, you may have perfect record on this, but uh, I'm a human, all right? Yes. This season is a season of excitement. Right. Y'all agree? It's a season of excitement. Amen. From the hot chocolate to the apple cider to the lights and the music and the turkey and the ham and... Praise God, we didn't eat turkey and ham last night. Somebody say amen for that. Uh, but we would be lying in the midst of this season of excitement. We'd be lying if we were to say we had never experienced disappointment at this season. Maybe. Y'all say, well, I would never say this. Well, I'm human, all right? Maybe the meal was not as good as you remembered it being last year. Come on now. Maybe it wasn't as good as you thought it would be. Maybe the favorite gathering fell flat one year. You say favorite gathering. Listen, y'all can lie if you want to. Y'all got a favorite Christmas party to go to too. Amen. Uh, don't you lie now. We enjoy them all, but there's one you look forward to more, I'm sure. Uh, maybe a particular holiday event was just not as special this time around. Maybe you didn't like the parade, or maybe you didn't like uh, watching the, uh, Charlie Brown for the hundredth time. I don't know. But sometimes things just fall flat. Yeah. 
Not as good this time around. Maybe the loved one or loved ones you wanted to see were not as pleasant for whatever reason. Now you can, y'all can, uh, if you need to plug your ears for this, I'm just gonna be honest. There are some people you go to at family events and you want you say, well, I'm glad to see them all, but you're really glad to see a particular person there. There's one you just you hit it off with better and you're closer to. For whatever reason, they may be had woke up on the wrong side of the bed and left you a little bit disappointed. Maybe that's just at our family get-togethers. I don't know. Maybe the gift you wanted is not what you thought it'd be. Or it did not work like you anticipated. Y'all, whoever wanted something, you got something. Maybe from when you were a child or maybe through your adulthood, you got something. You said, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to change my life. And Miss Kathy, it breaks in five minutes. And you say, well... I was never disappointed. If you had that experience, you felt some sort of disappointment. Y'all with me? Maybe Christmas didn't go like you thought it should go. And we should appreciate every holiday season with family and friends. Amen? Uh, one thing I've tried to take away from the holidays this year, because they are busy, Thanksgiving and Christmas alike, is that we've got a lot of places to go, but thank God there are people who love me and want to see me and my family. We should appreciate every holiday season. There are people who wish they could celebrate with their family, but their family are dead and gone. Right, right. We should relish the festivities and the fellowship. Yes. We should be thankful for the meals we share and the gifts we receive, right? right, right, right. But we've all at one time or another been frustrated about something related to the Christmas season. Amen. Having in one area or another a frustrating Christmas just means you're human. That's right. Amen. Y'all okay this morning? Yes, sir. Every Christmas should be great. Why? If you're alive, if you have people who love you and you know Jesus. Amen. But there's only been one perfect Christmas where everything went entirely according to plan. Yes. And when everything went entirely according to plan, that means a baby was born in a manger. Amen. If that was your Christmas, you'd say, things are horrible. We, our reservations were kicked down at the hotel. But it went all according to the plan of God. It was the very first Christmas. And that very night is the only reason we celebrate. And converse to or contrasting a frustrating Christmas or a disappointing Christmas, that very first Christmas was a fulfilling Christmas. Because Jesus Christ came as the gift that fulfilled every prediction, exceeded every expectation, and still satisfy every recipient. Yes, sir. This year or in years gone by, Christmas season may have presented disappointments or frustrations, but I'm glad to report this morning, Jesus Christ offers neither. Amen. Y'all might have been asleep and say that again. Some point in time, Christmas has presented you with frustration or disappointment, but I'm glad to report Jesus Christ offers neither. He's never frustrated me. He's never disappointed me. And compared to a frustrating Christmas, this very first Christmas was a fulfilling Christmas. The Bible said here in Matthew chapter number 1, verse 20, and I just I got a lot to say, so y'all got to listen fast. I'm going to try to preach fast, all right? In uh, verse 20 of our text, the Bible said, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Let me stop right there. Uh, Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel. Gabriel was the messenger angel. But if you've been studying with us on Sunday nights in our biblical theophany study, uh, we find that when we find the, not an angel of the Lord, or a angel, or an, an angel, the an angel of the Lord, but when we find the angel of the Lord, it is nothing other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. <clears throat> 
So Mary got visited by Gabriel, but it says the angel of the Lord visited Joseph. I don't know about y'all. I just happen to think while, while, while Jesus was in the womb, Jesus also appeared. And, amen. The pre-incarnate Lord Jesus That's appeared right. to Joseph. You say, why, why would God do that? Why would God do that? Mary took the words of an angel. Brother Ed, Joseph had to take the words of Jesus. Amen. Oh, yes. A little side note, a little side note. We know, according to the, uh, uh, the chronology of the Bible, that Joseph wasn't there in Jesus' manhood. Joseph probably died before he see Jesus reach manhood. Yes. Can I say this? Before Mary got to know what her baby looked like, Joseph got to see what it looked like as a man. Amen. Now, that don't cost y'all nothing. Amen. But that's a little side note. And what did the angel of the Lord say? I don't believe that well. I don't know what you do with the rest of the accounts in the Bible. Saying the angel of the Lord. Right. Saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I'm glad Jesus is my friend. Yes. I'm glad he's my Lord, he's my master, but this morning I'm glad he's my Savior. Amen. Amen. He came to save his people from their sins. Amen. He saved me from my sin. Now all this was done, why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Sorry. Fulfilled, a fulfilling Christmas. Fulfilling what? Where the prophet said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and he shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Aren't you glad we have a God who is with us today? With God's help this morning, I'm going to try to preach for a few moments on a fulfilling Christmas. Uh, not focusing on a meal that wasn't as good or a gathering that wasn't as good or a gift that was less than what you thought it'd be, but I'm talking about the... Jesus really is what he said he was, a fulfilling Christmas. <clears throat> in this part, you're going to have to follow along. I don't expect you to turn there because we're going about 900 different places in the Old Testament. So just buckle up and listen good. Amen? A fulfilling Christmas. We're going to begin looking this morning at the first thing, the witness of the Scriptures. The witness of the Scriptures proved that Jesus is everything he was described to be. Y'all ever bought something and it was described a certain way, and the reviews might have been good, but when you got it, Brother Thomas, it was sorry. It was second rate. It wasn't any good. Well, this morning we talk about Jesus. He is, every, he is better than described. Y'all with me? The witness of the Scriptures. What did the Scriptures say about Jesus? You can't turn there because I'm going to go fast, or if not, we'll be here all day. Genesis 3.15 tells us that one robed in the flesh would bruise Satan's head. That's the very first prophecy in the Bible. Who bruised Satan's head? Who stepped on the head of the serpent? It wasn't Adam, but it was one that came out of Adam. We know him by Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Genesis 12, 3, it tells us that one out of Abraham would bless all humanity. Now, Abraham, in a sense, blessed all humanity, but it wasn't Abraham. Was it Isaac? No, it wasn't Isaac. Was it Jacob? No, was it Judah? No, it was one that would come out of all them. Abraham didn't bless me, but Jesus blessed all humanity. Isaiah 7, 14 tells us he would be supernaturally born of a virgin. Yes. Amen. Y'all with me? The, the, the Bible said the Messiah had to be born of a virgin, Brother Ed, and he was. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that this child born, this son given, would be God. Amen. You say, no, Brother Jacob, wonderful, counselor, 
Amen. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God. Jesus was not some... You can tell the Job's witness, I say so. He was not the creation of God. He wasn't equal to an angel. He didn't become... You can tell the Gnostics, I said it. He didn't become God. He was always God. Amen. I'm not going to preach, but I'll tell you. Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make man in our image. O-U-R. It didn't say in my image, our image. Who's our? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There from the beginning. Y'all with me? Isaiah 9, 7 tells us that he'd be born into the family of King David. You say, why does that matter? Because the Bible promised and promised David this and promised Solomon this, that the the throne of David would last forever. Why did he have to be born, uh, uh, amen, of David? Because the truth is, is since the time uh, of the uh, uh, taken into captivity, there's never been a descendant of David sit on the throne. Even when they returned from captivity, David's descendant, he never got to sit on the throne. But Brother Brandon, there's coming a day when a descendant of David's going to sit on the throne and he ain't like you and me. He is the King eternal. He is the King of glory. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The witness of the Scriptures. Genesis 49.10 tells us the eternal King would be of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Micah 5.2, this is good. Micah 5.2 tells us he would be born in the little town of Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem, how little are you amongst the cities, but, but out of these shall rise the king. Bethlehem. He had to be born in Bethlehem. And we can complain and bellyache about taxes just like Joseph and Mary probably did. Had to go back to Bethlehem. But that, that very king that made that decree was helping fulfill the plan of Almighty God. Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. Can I give you a side note? Side note. You know, the shepherds came. Uh, the shepherds didn't follow a star, the wise men followed a star. The angel, the heavenly host told the, the shepherds in the city of David. They didn't fall a star. And he said, Brother David, how did they know where to find Jesus? I'm just going to throw some Bible talks about this a place called the Tower Flock. I think the, the, the biblical name is Migdar Elder, I think is the name of, the, is the name of it. It means the Tower Flock. What, was, what is that place? It's a place in Bethlehem, a specific place in Bethlehem. This is good. You, may, you, can, you, you can either like this or not, I don't know. But that very place, the Tower Flock, Brother Bill, is a place in Bethlehem. And you know what that place was? It was the place where all the Passover lambs were born. And what history tells brother that is that was a two-story building that there on the bottom and, and a major part of that building is where all, when the mothers begin to give birth, they take that lamb in so that mother and that lamb would be in that lower part. But in that upper part, in that upper part of that building, that's where the shepherds could look out and watch their sheep. You say, that's what they did by day. But where were they at night? They were in the fields with the flock. I think it could very possibly be the very shepherds, amen, that the, the heavenly host appeared to, Brother Bill, could have been those very shepherds who tended to the Passover lambs. You say, what, Brother Jacob, what are you saying? Because there was no Passover lambs being born in that bottom, but the Passover lamb was born in that very bottom in a manger. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. The, the, the Bible predicted he'd be born in Bethlehem. And listen, you, you look for yourself. They didn't have a star to follow. Uh, the angels told them the city of David, and they went. And they, where could you go? Why would they know where to find the Passover lamb? Because I think there might have been that specific place, that tower of flock. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. Uh, Psalm seventy-two nine tells us that the shepherds would bow before this holy child. Didn't what happen? Didn't that's what happened? The shepherds came and bowed before him. Yep. Yes, 
The Bible predicted that they would. Uh, Numbers 24, 17 tells us that a star would be linked to his coming to earth. You can't make that stuff up, can you? The Bible, you say, Brother Jake, that's just all coincidence. So they wrote that after the fact. There's never been a book like the Bible. A thousand years transpired in its writing. And it, none, most of the authors never met each other. None of the penmen ever met each other, Mr. Ginger. And all of their accounts line up one with another. It's a heavenly book. Numbers 24, 17 tells us that a star would be linked to his coming to earth. And Psalm 72, 10 and 11 tells us that multiple kings would be would bow before that holy child. And you say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? The Bible calls them wise men. We was watching a VeggieTales movie the other night, a Christmas Veggie. I was a little drummer boy, VeggieTales. And they said on VeggieTales, said, well, they actually weren't kings. They were, they were magi, is what it said. But Psalm 72 said... That kings would bow before him. You say, well, the Bible says in the New Testament that they were wise men. Yeah, they were wise men because they were kings of, of earthly domains. They went to another king said, hey, there's so supposed to be a king of, of, of the world born here. They went to consult another king. Herod just didn't happen to be a wise king, but they went to go find the king. Y'all, would you agree that a king who recognizes they're not king supreme, but they're looking for the king supreme? I think that would constitute them as wise men. Y'all with me? Say amen. It tells us that multiple kings would bow before the holy child. Jeremiah 31.15 tells us that many children would be slain at this time. Y'all remember the Bible account when, uh, the, when the wise men came and said, Hey, we're looking for the king of glory. We're looking for the king of the world. You know what Herod decided to do? He said, Kill all of them, two and yonder. Kill all of them. You know, the Bible predicted that Herod would do that. And they'd be weeping, weeping in Ramah and Rachel weeping for her children. That's exactly what it's talking about. God, God knew. God, God knew Herod would do that. Amen. And what did God tell Joseph to do? In Matthew chapter 2 tells us that, God, that the Lord told Joseph to take the babe down to Egypt. And he spent his boyhood, a little bit of his boyhood down in Egypt until the death of Herod. And you say, what's the, what, that's, that, that doesn't matter anything, Brother Jacob. Oh yeah, the Bible says in Hosea chapter number 11, it tells us uh, that, that uh, he would spend some time and be called out of Egypt. God told him to go to Egypt, but back, thousands of years before, it was told to Hosea that the Son of God would be called out of Egypt, brother. Ed. Y'all see, I'm just talking about all the prophecies fulfilled of Jesus' birth. Uh, Daniel, nine, this is good. I, I, I stumbled on this this past week. Daniel nine twenty five tells us that the Messiah would come after the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Daniel nine twenty six tells us that he would be he would come before its destruction in A.D. seventy. You say, what do you mean, brother? Brother Ed, it wasn't it wasn't a accident or just oh, it was just a random time. God said he had to come after Jerusalem was rebuilt, and he had to come before it was destroyed again. You say, why, brother Jacob? Because it was the perfect time of God. Amen. Isaiah 35 verses 4 through 6 tells us that he would do many miracles. You know that all that it predicted that the Messiah would do, you read in Matthew chapter 11 verse number 5, everything it said the Messiah would do, he did. That's right. And one thing that's amazing uh, to me, and I hope y'all agree with this this morning, is that all the things that he did, some other people did those things. Leopards were cleansed. The deaf could hear, the lame could walk, different figures did it, but there was one who could only do one specific thing. And that was open the eyes of the blind. 
and Jesus would come as it was predicted the Messiah would, opening the eyes of the blind. Zechariah 9 9 tells us that he would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Amen. And he did. Uh, Isaiah 50, verse 6 through 7 tells us that he'd be beaten to a pulp and spat upon. Isaiah 5, uh, uh, as Isaiah 53, 3 tells us he would be despised and rejected. And John 1, 11 tells us he came unto his own and his own received him not. Are y'all with me this morning? Isaiah 53, 12 uh, tells us that he would be numbered with the transgressors. Who, who is he buried with? Or who is he crucified with? Uh, two thieves. Amen. Uh, uh, Psalm uh, 22 1 tells us he would be crucified, forsaken, and he would cry out. What did he do on that cross? He thought he was forsaken of his father when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As Psalm 22 verse 15 18 tells us that he would be thirsty, he would be pierced, he would be stripped, and they would cast lot for his garments. And guess what? They did. Isaiah 53 9 tells us that Jesus Christ would be buried in a rich man's tomb. Guess what, Brother Thomas? He was buried in a rich man's tomb. Amen. Amen. Y'all with me this morning? Everything the prophet said about his birth, his life, and his death was absolutely true. You say, no, it's true according to the Bible. No, it's true according to history. It's true according to grammar. Hallelujah. I'm glad it is 100% true and it's spiritually true. So if everything that was said about his birth, his life, and his death was true, it leads me to believe that everything they said about his resurrection had to be true. Luke 18, 31 through 33, Jesus tells the disciples for the second time that he would be, t- be, be delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. He would, how he would be wrongfully entreated and spat upon and treated all sorts of ways. That he would he'd be delivered and he would die, but on the third day he would rise again. The witness of the Scriptures, Jesus is, is as described. You, nobody checked off a five star and he got there and was a three star. They checked off five star and he got there and was a seven star. Somebody say, Amen. I'm thankful Jesus is as described. And the witness of the scriptures proved that. Not only the witness of the scripture, but what about the witness of the saints? What they said. Now, I could have picked a lot of things, but I just picked these. You said, I'd have picked something different. Well, you, you, you pick something different next time. I just picked this, all right? The witness of the saints. Number one, we see what two of his apostles said. Remember, the apostles were that group of 12 that saw the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, right? What did Peter say? Peter, Peter who denied verbally recognized Christ's Messiahship. When he declared, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in Matthew 16, 16. Peter also said that Jesus had the words of eternal life in John 6, 68. Aren't y'all glad of that? He is the Messiah. He is Lord. He is eternal. What about Thomas? Thomas. Thomas who doubted. Thomas verbally recognized Christ's resurrection and divine nature when he exclaimed, My Lord and my God in John 20, verse 28. You said, Brother Jacob, what are you saying about what the apostles said or the disciples said? I'm just here to talk about Jesus. There's no complaints here. That's right. You know, you can look at reviews, brother. Yeah, there'll be a bunch of five stars, a couple four stars, a couple three stars, and ultimately there's going to be a couple one stars in there. Can I tell you, there's never been one who can say anything truthfully negative about Jesus. Amen. Uh, the witness of two of his apostles, Peter and Thomas. What about the what about what about the witness of two of his disciples? You say, well, you just said the apostles. 
Well, the apostles were ones who saw the resurrected Christ, but there was a lot of people who followed him. Yes. Followed him. What did, one, what did one of these disciples say? Well, this one disciple, she was a saved sister. A saved sister. Amen. I think Mary Magdalene had a lot of good things to say about Jesus. Amen. She, why do you call her a saved sister? Because she was possessed with devils until a man named Jesus came by, came by and delivered her and cleansed her and set her free. Aren't you glad that Jesus can still set people free? doesn't matter what your demon is. Mary had a bunch of them and he set her free. A saved sister, Mary Magdalene. What did she do? She verbally recognized him as Rabboni or Master in John 20 verse 16. Her going to the tomb proved that she uh, believed that he was who he said he was. But her discovery at the empty tomb further proved what, she, what, what that he was who she knew he was. Amen. It proved not only that he, who, he said, who he said he was, but who she already knew he was. A saved sister said some things about Jesus. Thank God for the witness of, the, of that saved sister. But what about not only saved, the witness of a saved sister, but what about the witness of a blind brother? Bartimaeus. What did Bartimaeus do? Bartimaeus verbally recognized his Christ-specific ability to open blinded eyes in Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. And aren't you glad that blind Bartimaeus, who was blind, he left that day seeing him. And the very first thing he saw, aren't you The very first thing he saw, Brother Ed, was the King of Glory. He didn't open his eyes to disappointment. He didn't open his eyes to, uh, uh, to, to sadness or frustration. And Mr. Andrew, the very first thing he saw was just as described, the very king of glory. A little side note, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. This blind man saw that Christ ought to be followed. There was another blind man in the Gospel of John, John 9, 38. This blind man saw that Christ ought to be worshipped. Amen. I'm here to report to you this morning, if you're on the fence about this faith thing, you're on the fence about the Lord Jesus, I tell you along with these two blind men, uh, Jesus is worthy of our following. He is worthy of our worshiping. Why? Because He is as He described. Have you ever met someone thought they'd be a friend and they turn out to be a phony? A faith, a no good for nothing user. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Has anybody ever disappointed you and let you down and burned you and cheated you and stole from you and just made you miserable? Y'all ever have that somebody? We used to, I would see the good in people. You need to see the good in people. Sometimes people are just lousy. Amen. That's good preaching, Brother Jake. Some people are just lousy. Can I tell you, people may burn you and hurt you and offend you, but I'm glad Jesus is exactly who He said He was. The Bible said He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's true. He said He would lead me. That's true. He said He would guide me. That's true. He said He'd hold my hand in life's dark valleys. That's true. He would lead me beside the still waters. That's true. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and that's true. Amen. I'll be with you all the way, buddy. They don't. They don't. I tell my brother when he leaves Georgia, going back to South Carolina, say, Amen. You're in the state of Georgia and you need help, call me. So you get South Carolina, you call somebody from up there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But the truth of the matter is, people do, do the I, And I, I, would help, I would drive to the end of the world for my brother if I had to. You know what I'm saying. But the truth of the matter is that some people say, I, I'm with you. They're not with you. They're not with you, but Jesus is one who will always be with you. We ought to follow Him. We ought to worship Him. The witness of the Scriptures, the witness of the saints. Lastly, I want to focus on the witness of the Spirit. The witness of the Holy Spirit of God. We notice what the Scriptures say. We notice what the witness of the saints said. 
But can I point out this morning what the Spirit said and what the Spirit still says? And I, I let me look at me. Said, says, um, um, what the Holy Spirit said. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on earth, the Holy Spirit said, that's Him. The Holy Spirit says, that's Him. You know, it's amazing the Holy Spirit's never told me that the devil was Him. Never told me an antichrist was Him. But the Holy Spirit has always told me that Jesus was Him. And uh, uh, John chapter 1, verse 32, verse 33, this is uh, John the Baptist speaking. And John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on Him. And I knew Him not, but He that sent me to baptize with water. Who sent Him to baptize with water? God the Father. The same said unto him, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost descending like a dove and resting on Jesus? It's told John, that's him. That's him. That's him. Listen, you're listening to a lot of things in your life and you're saying, I hope it's him. I hope it's this. I hope it's that you're trying to find peace in all the wrong places. And here to report to you this morning, the very one that that Holy Ghost rested on, that's him. That's what you need for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? I don't know. I could be satisfied with anything. Well, if you don't have this one thing, you need it. And his name is Jesus. What the Holy Spirit said, lastly, and what the Holy Spirit says, still says. While the Lord Jesus was on the earth, the Holy Spirit said, that's Him. What about now that the Lord Jesus is in heaven? What does the Holy Spirit say? That's Him. And when Jesus is on the earth, what was the message? That's Him. Now Jesus is sitting down at the right hand of God on the throne in heaven. And what does the Holy Spirit do now? That's Him. That's Him. That's who you need. That's who you should trust. That's who you should follow. That's who you should walk with. That's who you should give your allegiance to. That's the one you should adore. That's the one you should admire. That's the one you should pray. That's the reason you should celebrate. That's what the Holy Ghost says. That's Him. And there's a lot of people uh, be attracted to a lot of things and could be disappointed. Uh, one of my brother-in-laws, he's recently got obsessed with uh, buying fancy Bibles, nice Bibles, I'm real nice Bibles. And I'm thinking, my mind, I'm like, you only read one of them, right? I mean, but, amen. But he loves Bibles. Did you know what? The more he buys them Bibles, the more Bibles going to have. And eventually, the pursuit of buying exotic Bibles, he'll either get over it or he'll buy all of them that you can buy. And then I have to find something else. But I tell you, when we're searching for things eternal, Miss Ginger, if we find him... We don't have to look any further. And it will satisfy that very longing that we have. What does the Holy Spirit say? That's Him. When I was a six-year-old boy at Faith Missionary Baptist Church, I was looking for God, though I didn't know it. I needed God. And the Holy Ghost of God came by and said, It's Him. It's Him. That's who you need. And you say, well, what what, what it would feel like? I felt, I felt something knocking on my heart's door. It wasn't physical feeling, but I could, you know what, what you know, if you've been saved, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What, is it, what, what was that knocking? It's Him. It's Him. It's Him. That's who you need. It's Jesus. Miss Macy, would you come? The world's offered a whole lot of things. Christmas comes with a whole lot of things, but I'm telling you the best thing is the first Christmas. The first is Noel, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
I, I hope every meal you've ate this holiday season have eaten and will eat. I hope it's perfect. But if it's not, such is life. I hope everything you get, your kids get, your family gets, I hope it's perfect. I hope it doesn't break. And I hope it comes with batteries or you already bought them. Somebody say amen for that. I was talking to one of my cousins the other day. He was telling me a story about his childhood. and He wanted a, one of those power riders, you know, them big wheel riders. And uh, he said his parents, uh, say this, dear. And he said that he got it. And uh, when he got it, Brother Bill, he said there was no battery in it. He had a note that said the, the elves forgot the battery. Forgot the battery. You say, was he happy to get the car? Yeah, but I bet he was disappointed that he couldn't ride the car. I've got some good things in my life. You have too. But the things of life, they fail, they dissipate, they, they can, they're fallible. But what we have in Jesus is eternal. It is forever. And there are people, mixed reviews on everything. But can I tell you uh, what is offered in Jesus? There's, there's no bad reviews. They can lie on them. Sister Chris, they'd be lying. Y'all hear me this morning? I'm glad I have something who is just as described. Let's stand our feet this morning. Maybe you want to come thank Him this morning and say, God, thank you for being everything that you said you'd be. And then some. Maybe here this morning you recognize that you have been searching the world, searching all the things of the world, and everything you've gone to has disappointed. But I'm here to report to you there's one who will satisfy your every longing. Miss Macy's going to play. You do business with the Lord this morning.